Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to Real People, Real Talk, the podcast ministry that helps you to thrive spiritually, relationally, and mentally. And today's episode is all about thriving mentally and emotionally. So the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. This month is set aside to raise awareness about mental health, to fight the stigma, and to educate the public about mental health illness and mental health issues. So we want to do our part here at Real People Real Talk and just have an open, honest, transparent conversation about mental health and faith. My guest today is a therapist and coach that's all about mental health, faith, and purpose. She is the founder of Sis Heal Thyself, a sisterhood that helps women to improve their self-worth by increasing trust in themselves and trust in God. So welcome to the show, Fatima Bannister. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. Anytime we get an opportunity to talk about faith and mental health, I am I am just all for it. So thank you for having me. Yes, my pleasure. And thank you so much for coming on. And so First things first, let's talk about it. Like, what does it look like to prioritize your mental health? Let the people know. Yes, yes. So I love this question because when I when I thought about the question, I thought about, you know, how do I prioritize my physical health? Right. So we go to the doctor at least once a year. Um, We might have an eye doctor that we see every year. Um, for women, we go to the gynecologist every year. Um, we get, I get my eyes checked every every year. I get, I wear glasses. Um, and so, when we talk about prioritizing our mental health, your mind is constantly being used. It's being exercised. There's not a day that goes by when you are not using your mind in some capacity. And so. Just like we prioritize our physical health by going to the doctor whenever we need to go, um, going to that eye doctor to make sure your prescription is right, going to a therapist or making sure that, you know, you are um, in the best space that you need to be mentally is really, really important. Excellent metaphor. I love how you brought those two things together. And Fatima, I really believe and I know that you have such a unique perspective. And that's why I really want to hear your thoughts further on self-care. Like, how would you define it in your own words? And how do you practice it yourself? Yes. Self-care is what one does for themselves to establish and maintain health and to prevent and deal with illness. So, I look at self-care as a preventative act um, and not something that is reactive. And there's a couple of ways that I do that. In fact, I was um, my journal for this month has a like a self-care bingo. So I wrote down all of these things that, you know, I would like to do for in the month of April um, for my self-care. So there's levels to it. Um, A lot of times I think we think about self-care in terms of like going to the spa or getting your nails done or traveling, cooking, spending time with friends. And those are kind of like those external things that we do for self-care, those surface level types of things. Um, But 
What is also self-care is, you know, protecting your peace, setting boundaries, honoring the boundaries, um, you know, saying no, uh, resting, those things that create that like internal replenishment um, that we don't often think of in terms of self-care, but they are absolutely forms of self-care. And I think if we do more of that, then we can enjoy those external activities all the more, you know, all the more better than just always doing those like surface level things, but we don't have any boundaries, you know? So um, there's levels to it. There's levels to it. You heard it here first, y'all. There's levels to self care. <laughs> you said it so much. So let's unpack that. You was like protecting yeah. peace, um, set boundaries, and rest. I'm so glad that you brought that up because those are important. Um, those are free. Um, it's not as yeah. right. It's free. It's not as sexy as you know traveling or going on a date or insert any other thing. Spa, pedicure, manicure. It's, it's not as right. sexy as those, but it's just as important. And you also said something so key, and I want my dear listener that I affectionately call Thriver to hear this, self-care, make it preventative and not reactive. Yeah. And that could be applied to not just your mental health, but your physical health, spiritual health, your relationships. Um, A lot of time, like in the marriage ministry that that I'm a part of, I kind of see that people may won't help well, not just in the marriage ministry that I'm part of, but at large around the world, people usually will go and see a therapist when the marriage is on the rocks and nothing is wrong with that. But what about before the marriage gets on the rocks, we take a preventative measure. So just those parallels there. And so the only thing I would ask that for team, like for self care for myself, I make time to do the things that bring me joy. Yes. And, man, joy, you got to be intentional with your joy. Um, I have a date nights with my wife I play mm-hmm. basketball um, weekly. Just to name a few, because I can burn some calories there as opposed to just being on the treadmill. So right, right. With that, and of course, as a preacher, y'all know I got to say this: daily time with the Lord, mm-hmm. time in prayer, and time in the Word will do wonders for your spirit. It will Absolutely. do wonders for your soul. It will do wonders for your mind. And um, last thing I say to this, y'all, she she just says so many good things that it really stirs some stuff up in my spirit. And so um, I journal. And that's one of the ways that I declutter mentally and emotionally. But let me kick it back to the professional. Fatima, tell us about the benefits of journaling. Gosh, I love journaling too. It's another thing that is free, right? Like I love that you said all of those things that really pay so many dividends, like those setting boundaries and all of that. It's free and journaling is free too. Um, I love journaling. I um, totally agree with you when, in terms of, you know, decluttering your thoughts, because one of the things that I noticed with some of the clients that I see is they are very overwhelmed with what's happening in their head. And they're often overwhelmed because it's up there and they haven't seen it on paper. When you see it on paper, you can kind of like have a clear understanding of what's happening. For you. And so um, I love uh, journaling. I believe it is a great form of self care. It's also a great um, way to document just how you're feeling, where you are, 
So one of the things that I enjoy doing when I journal is I'll go back like three months ago and look at what I was journaling or what I was dealing with. I wouldn't remember it if I hadn't written it down. And so it can be a form of really history taking um, to see how far you've come um, and to kind of see where you've made changes in how you think about things or where you've grown in particular areas. I mean, there's so many benefits. That's one of the benefits that I really enjoy. The other thing that um, I I consider myself a creative. So uh, journaling can spark creativity. When you are able to kind of organize your thoughts and write just whatever is on your mind down it can cause you to think a little bit clearer because you have more space to do that, you know? And so there's, there's so many benefits to journaling. Um, I want to just tell your listeners that you don't have to write a four page, you know, Come on. letter to journal. Your journal could be two or three sentences and that is still journaling. Um, You want to get over this idea that it has to be this long, elaborate, poetic, you know, situation. It doesn't have to be that. It can be a sentence or a few phrases. um, And that is that is journaling, too. Journaling is about history. I never thought about it like the history is logging your growth. Um, And I love I love that you pointed out that it doesn't have to be long. A lot of times we think of journaling. Well, I got to write a whole page every Friday. We may not ever get to journaling. So those were very excellent points. And so maybe to my dear listener, maybe consider adding this free element of self-care that we call journaling to your self-care routine. And so switching gears, but team, I want to go directly to the intersection of faith and mental health. And even more specifically than that, I want to talk about one of your Instagram posts. And y'all, I'll follow her on Instagram. She'd be bringing great mental health issues to the forefront. And this one in particular was called Gaslighting Mental Health Issues in the Church. And that's a mouthful. So, Fatima, can you unpack that and break that down for the people? Yes, absolutely. So I think that. Oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but let's go. Real people, real talk now. <laughs> I think that, you know, um, and I, I can only speak about the black church. So I'm gonna um use that as you know my context for what we're talking about today. Um, I'm sure that this is also the case in other um faith perspectives or you know, predominantly white um congregations, but the black church is my experience, right? Um, we have seen, and I'm sure you can, you can relate to this too, Paul, as well, uh, how our grandmothers and our aunties, and even maybe our parents have dealt with life issues, things that have happened in their life that have not been the greatest. And, you know, prayer and faith has been the very foundation of how you handle those things. Um, but when it becomes an issue of, you know, depression or anxiety, I think that we have done a disservice, um, when it comes to acknowledging it as that, and, um, instead, you know, telling people that 
they should just pray or they don't have enough faith or that mental health issues are a sin. Um, And really what we're doing is invalidating a person's experience. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're causing a lot of shame because when you tell somebody that they don't have enough faith and that's the reason why they, you know, are depressed or they're anxious, we have then put a lot of pressure on their sense of self, their relationship with God, um, and a lot of other things. Instead of looking at, okay, maybe this person has a mental health issue that could be treated by a therapist or even medication or, you know, a combination. Um, And so when we talk about gaslighting, mental health issues in the church, we're talking about those phrases that we often use to kind of um, push those mental health issues under the rug. Um, So I think, you know, we have a lot of work to do in this area. Um, The stigma of mental health in the church is very pervasive. But one of my favorite phrases is that you can love God and go to therapy too. Um, Therapy is spiritual work, um, very much so. And so I think that we have to continue to have this conversation and to be real and honest about the things that have harmed people on their mental health journey, um, because really your faith should be a partner in, you know, guiding you through whatever mental health issues you're you're dealing with. Ooh, Fatima, you said so many good things. I'm so glad that you took it there because it's it's time. It's almost past yeah. time that as the church we have these honest and open conversations about it and be sure not to gaslight and say the wrong things. A lot of times, you know, no disrespect, but I feel like a lot of times people mean well, but they just don't know the right things to say. It's usually things around mental health or things around death where people say the most terrible things, meaning well, but you know, you still got to be careful what you say. So I'm so glad that you pointed that out because it's a partnership between your faith and your health. And the favorite example that I love to give a team, like if I, have a headache my first line of defense i'm a i'm a man of prayer i believe that god can heal so i'm asking hey lord can you heal me now the second time you know if i still feel that headache after praying i'm gonna go talk to my friend advil and see you know if advil can help me out and then now (laughs) if that headache continues after advil i'm going to go see a professional i'm a doctor so the same way that the lord has given people the gifts to be um doctors to help us out physically he's given people gifts to help us out mentally and emotionally, such as your psychiatrist or such as um, your therapist. And so I love that you said that it, you can be saved and go to Absolutely. go to therapy. All right. Yeah. So those things are not mutually exclusive. So please, my fellow Christians out there that are listening and whether you're a Christian or not, thank you so much for tuning in. But specifically to our Christians, we got to be careful of the things that we say to others when they are hurting, because in their moment of hurt, if we're not careful, we can push them farther away from the faith. Um, instead of bringing them closer. And so that's enough on that little sermon there right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know we could talk about that all day. We really could. Seriously, man. And so, but team, I can almost guarantee that the listener knows of someone that is struggling mentally. So yeah. as a brother in Christ or as a sister in Christ, what can they do to walk alongside that person and just offer some support and offer love? What does that look like? Absolutely. Um, so 
One of my uh, favorite scriptures that I often use when I'm doing Christian counseling is Galatians 6 and 2, and I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. It says that love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. And so, and it goes on to say that if you think you're somebody too important to stoop down to help one another, you are living in deception. And so when we apply that scripture to mental health and supporting one another, I believe in the King James Version, it says bear one another's burdens. Um, It exposes the fact that none of us are exempt from a mental health issue. None of us are exempt from a life-altering circumstance that could happen in the next second, in the next minute. And so when we have that level of perspective um, and understanding, it's much easier to apply grace to the next person, um, to support them. It's easier to pray for them. Um, And if we can't help them directly, sometimes one of my favorite I call her a mental health giant in the faith, uh, Dr. Anita Phillips. She says the ministry of your presence, right? Like you don't have to do anything, but sometimes just your presence is enough to help that person feel supported. Like they know that when they do, when they do need you and when they, you know, need somebody to call, they can call you. And so, you know, don't underestimate that because I think oftentimes we feel like we have to do something, but just being present with the person is, um, is, is healing and it's supportive just as much as, you know, giving them a solution or praying for them. Um, but don't, don't underestimate your presence. Yes. So rich, so practical. We learned that in, in seminary, the ministry of presence, oftentimes dealing with grief and death that, you know, you don't have to go there and give people a three point sermon. Um, your right. presence, yes, right. Your presence is enough. And cause also sometimes silence is better because once again, you don't want to go to the other side where you unintentionally say the wrong things. Um, I remember it's probably been like two decades now when my, um, my grandmother passed away, my um, dad's mom. And one of the families from the church, they came over and to visit us. I don't remember what they said. I don't know what they brought, but I remember they was there for us. And so I echo what you said, Fatima. Don't underestimate your presence. You don't have to go in and knowing the ins and outs and the definition of depression and anxiety and what pill to take. You don't have to know that. Just be there. Uh, A hug. um, Let them lean on your shoulder or whatever that looked like. So that's so good. That's so good. So here at Real People Real Talk, we always want to point people to Jesus. We always want to point them to the word. And you already did this as you brought up Galatians. And so what other scriptures would you recommend um, to those that may be feeling down to to read and to meditate on? Yes, there's so many. Um, And so I pulled uh, four of my favorite And I won't read all of them um, completely, but I will go through them. Um, Psalm 46, the whole Psalm 46, I mean, it's just so powerful. Um, It starts in the Passion Translation. It says, God, you are such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You are a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. And it's just a reminder that God is always there um, and that he's a safe place. Um, I think oftentimes when we're dealing with mental health issues or persons dealing with mental health issues, 
it's very difficult to find a safe place. And so that scripture is a reminder that God can be your safe place um, as well. Psalm 34, 17 and 18. I said I wasn't going to read them, but they're so good. So I have to. (laughs) It says uh, Psalm 34, 17 and 18 says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's a reminder that, you know, the brokenhearted, the ones who are struggling, God hears you. God sees you and he's close to you. Um, And so that is a great reminder when you're feeling, when you're feeling low, when you're brokenhearted. I don't know anybody who hasn't been brokenhearted, you know? Um, And so that is a, is a comforting scripture. It definitely has been for me. Um, Psalm 32, seven and eight, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I mean, that's self-explanatory. You are my hiding place and you surround me with songs of deliverance. Like that is just a reminder that the things that I'm struggling with internally, God can deliver me um, and he can surround me with deliverance. And so love that scripture. And then finally, Matthew 11, 28 and 29 Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I'm a huge proponent on rest. Um, To me, rest is a form of trust in God. And so that scripture is a reminder that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling like I can't do enough, then that's exactly what I need to do. I need to sit down somewhere and I need to rest and put my trust in God. So those are those are just four. I mean, the, the scriptures, I mean, the Bible is full of um, scriptures that can, you know, really help you when you're feeling down. But those four in particular, I wanted to highlight today. Yes, we love God's word over here. We believe that God's word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You can never go wrong as you lean into, as you read, as you study, as you meditate on God's mm-hmm. word. And so for team, before we land this plane, I just want to get personal. This is real people, real talk. So what's mm-hmm. one big challenge that you face yourself? I know you're a therapist. I know you're a coach, but what's one big challenge you face along your own mental and emotional health journey and just a powerful lesson that you learned through that. Talk to the people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to share that. And it, I want to just normalize for folks too that a therapist, um, a good therapist goes to therapy. I'll just say that. Good. A good therapist goes to therapy. I go to therapy every two weeks unapologetically um, because I'm a human being just like everybody else. I'm dealing with stuff just like everybody else. But one of the things that um, I think has been a struggle for me that um, and has also been a very huge lesson is how I talk to myself, Um, how I regard myself. So what we call that in the therapy world or the mental health world is negative self-talk or self-criticism. And I have realized how impactful 
Um, it is when you talk to yourself negatively and how um, that self-criticism can really be and have a negative impact on your sense of self-worth, um, what you feel you're capable of. And so I have really had to learn the importance of self-compassion and um, regarding myself really the way that God sees me. One of my other favorite scriptures, Psalm 139, really talks about how God regards us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so it's important that if I'm if I can speak life into, you know, whoever, I should be able to do the same for myself. Say that. And so, yeah. And so that I think has been it, it's definitely a journey. I have not um, I don't I don't want to say I've achieved the goal of, you know, self-compassion. I think it's a never ending uh, journey or, you know, constantly evolving journey. But I think that has been my biggest lesson is that how I speak to myself is important when it comes to, you know, my sense of self-worth, my ability to get things done, my ability to accomplish things, um, and how I regard myself is so important. But team, thank you so much for your transparency. And when you say every therapist needs a therapist, that was so relatable because one of the things I like to say, I don't know who coined it first, but every pastor needs a pastor. And so in our professions, we give out so much spiritually and mentally and emotionally. So we need to make sure that we'll be, we're being filled back in too. But that's another lesson for another day. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to say this. Uh, the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yes. And yeah. you can be your greatest critic or you can be your greatest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to choose the latter. Be your mm-hmm. greatest cheerleader. Remove that negative um, talk. Um, and just bring the Bible in as you meditate on the scripture day and night. It says in the book of Joshua, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. All right. But before I turn this into sermon for Tima, last thing I want to ask you is this, like, what are some simple or practical steps that the listener can take like right now or take today that will help them to improve their mental and emotional being? Yes, yes. Um, I have three things. So the first is get in tune with yourself. It's surprising to me how often I, you know, I'll talk to my clients about, you know, just kind of do you check in with yourself? Do you know how you feel? And sometimes, you know, on the day to day, we're just going, 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 going. We're like robots. We just get up and go. We get up and go. It's so important to kind of take a pause at some point in the day and check in with yourself. Um, get in tune with you, get in tune with your feelings. Um, And one of the ways that, and I think one of the reasons why this is important is that when you're dealing with a mental and emotional issue, sometimes you can just feel off Mm -hmm. and you just walking around feeling off and don't know why. And, and you haven't really acknowledged it because you haven't really checked in with yourself. So if something doesn't feel right to you, even if you can't describe it, that might be a good um, opportunity for you to think about talking with a counselor or a therapist, um, which is one of those those ways. But I'll get to that in a second. The second thing is um, check your surroundings. Take inventory of the people you have around you. Are they having a positive impact on you? Are they draining you? 
Um, are they contributing to that negative self-talk? You know, just really be mindful of who you have in your circle and how they are contributing to your life. Um, that can really make a difference when it comes to your mental and emotional being. And then finally get help. Um, if you are feeling off, if you need to process something, if you're going through a transition, getting help from a therapist or a counselor is not a sign of weakness. It's really a sign of strength. Um, and you don't have to figure things out on your own. And so to get the help of a trained professional is nothing but you just saying that you need help to figure things out. Life is not easy. It's hard. I never thought adulting would be as hard as it is. Say that. Um, but sometimes you just need help. You just yeah. need help. And so don't be ashamed of that. Um, be proud that you um, have the strength to ask for help when you need it. Team, I really appreciate you so much for just keeping it real. Um, those practical steps. I was over here taking notes as I was interviewing you. Check in with yourself, check your mm -hmm. surroundings and get help. And one thing I like, I like to say is it's OK not to be OK, yeah. but it's not OK not to get help. And yeah. So seek the help that you need. And so Fatima, I really appreciate your words of wisdom from a professional and spiritual point of view. And so thank you so much for joining the show today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk about some of my favorite topics. So thank you, Paul, for doing what you're doing and keep keep on keeping on. And likewise to you. I look forward to doing a part two one day and uh, to my dear listener, you can connect with her by way of her website. I'm going to leave that link in the show notes and it's www.sishealthyself.com. What a conversation about faith and mental health. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate you for listening and I'm going to challenge you to share this episode with the people that you want to see thriving in their mental and emotional health. Um, don't be stingy with this good content, amen. And so I'm going to also leave the link to a few other episodes that are specifically about mental health and encourage you to check those out as well. But until next time, go be all that God has called you to be and take care of yourself, fam. <laughs>